Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, Justin Trudeau holds meetings today with Andrew Scheer and Scott Moe. I've been reaching out to premiers, to mayors, to business leaders, to uh, colleagues and former colleagues on. There's uh, a, lot, a lot of work to do to make sure that we're uh, governing for the entire country. When will Parliament resume? I think they should come back for a week or so in December and let Canadians see what they elected. I kind of agree with Andrew Scheer on this. And politicians are among those responding to the comments that cost Don Cherry his job. You people love, you, you that come here, whatever it is, you love our way of life, you love our milk and honey, at least you can pay a couple of bucks for poppies or something like that. It's Tuesday, November 12th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Susan Delacourt, the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Mark. It's going to be a busy day for the Prime Minister. He's going to be meeting with Andrew Scheer, the Conservative leader, and also with Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe. So let's start with his meetings with Andrew Scheer. And uh, he's, he said he was going to sit down with every opposition leader before the House of Commons resumes and uh, presumably before he names his cabinet. What do you think will happen in that meeting, especially after a feisty election campaign? Well, this is going to be really interesting. He's starting with the hard ones first. um, Of all the people he's got to cooperate with in this minority parliament, Andrew Scheer is not the guy he's going to be looking to. So I find it really interesting, whether it's a travel, logistics, timing issue, that he's meeting with Andrew Scheer to talk about all kinds of things, including what should be in the throne speech, Um, what kind of uh, support, if nothing, they accept. (laughs) Sorry, can I start that again? Yep. Somebody slammed a door here and that threw me off. Um, So he's going to be talking to Andrew Scheer about basically the shape of Parliament, and I think he's going to be checking for tone. And uh, this is a Justin Trudeau who needs to at least show that he's listening to the West and it's very interesting to me that he is following this up with a meeting with a premier. Because you'll remember on the day or two after the election, the prime minister said that he was talking to the opposition leaders, but he was also reaching out past the opposition leaders. He's talking to mayors. He's talking to premiers. He has, he has been phoning around all over the world and all over the country, and he's kind of putting the opposition leaders in one little box. Jeez, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I can talk to you, but I'm also the Prime Minister of Canada, and I'm going to be talking to a bunch of people. So, it's Yeah, and I, I think some people would that. even argue that he, uh, in response to the argument that, oh, no Liberals were elected in, in uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan, and he, his response was, well, I'm going to talk to people in Alberta and Saskatchewan directly. Some people would argue he talked to a lot of like-minded people, like Nahed Nenshi, the mayor of Calgary, and McClellan, right. who is a former Liberal MP and cabinet minister, rather than reaching out sort of across the aisle to people uh, from different political viewpoints, uh, the, the viewpoints that elected a whole bunch of other MPs. Yeah, I think I, 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 and definitely he's going to hear similar things from Andrew Shear and Scott Moe about what is on the minds of Saskatchewan. But he is talking as a first minister to Scott Moe, and he is talking as uh, to Andrew Shear to remind him he is an opposition leader among many. 
So I'm going to be watching Andrew Scheer and Scott Moe after their meetings today with the Prime Minister to find out what they are saying that is different from each other. Hmm. Because that's what the Prime Minister is going to be listening for, too, is where he can see differences between them and where he can make common cause with a Premier in a way that he can't with somebody who is paid to be his opposition leader. Now, that's not to say there aren't things that Andrew Scheer and Justin Trudeau could agree on. And in fact, during the Harper years, we saw the Liberals, who were then in opposition, supporting sometimes, or at least not voting down the government on various things, sometimes staying out of the House of Commons and other times voting with the government. So is it possible that at times during the next few years that Andrew Scheer and the Conservatives will actually support a particular item on the government's agenda? Yeah, it's fascinating to, to me the ways in which the election debate, I think you're right, has, has, has been evolving around the idea of where Justin Trudeau and the Liberals can find common cause with the Conservatives. And their first item, as Justin Trudeau said throughout the campaign and again after the election, is going to be the middle class tax cut. And tax cuts were the, basically the terrain of the Conservatives during the the campaign and uh, we're gonna it's gonna take us till the end of the week to put this puzzle all together and figure out where justin trudeau writes a throne speech and finds the way through the next few months to govern in a minority parliament i bet you justin trudeau doesn't really know what the outcome of his meeting today with andrew Scheer is and that's not where you want to be as a politician Hmm. but I think think he's waiting to make a lot of decisions until he's heard them all out this week. Now, meanwhile, Andrew Scheer is saying he wants Justin Trudeau to restart Parliament as early as November 25th, not long after the Cabinet is unveiled on November 20th, which is next Wednesday. Um, How likely do you think that is? What are you hearing about when Parliament may resume? So, yeah, you, like me, have probably been trying to find that out for all kinds of reasons. I, it's been my biggest question uh, to Liberals. I am told, I was told as of last Friday, that they really are still of two minds about this, that they haven't decided whether it's good to have everybody back and just, um, that would be my vote. I would I, I would want them to come back if, I, if anybody was asking my opinion. I think they should come back for a week or so in December and let let Canadians see what they elected. I I kind of agree with Andrew Scheer on this. But we've seen that the Liberals are seem to be taking the slow way on all of this. They're taking four weeks to sign the cabinet. They may want to take two months to write a throne speech. I I I don't think we're going to know until Justin Trudeau has spoken to all the opposition leaders by the end of this week where he's leaning on this one. All right. Meanwhile, Andrew Scheer's own future, of course, remains in doubt to some extent. And we found out yesterday, based on an interview that was done with Peter McKay, that um, the former uh, cabinet minister says he will vote for Andrew Scheer to stay on as conservative leader, even though some people have been suggesting that he is hoping for, for Scheer to be uh, either to step aside or to be moved aside uh, so that he can run for the job. Do you take Peter McKay at his word on that? Well, I, I've survived in Ottawa this long by taking all politicians at their word, to my peril. <laughs> I, I, 
I, uh, Peter McKay is seemed to have an evolving view on this, and he spe- seems to be speaking off the top of his head. Um, I don't know that that uh, that P- Peter McKay would have the same kind of coalition of conservatives behind him that Stephen Harper did, or even that Andrew Scheer did. That is what what we're talking about right now with the future of the Conservative Party is whether somebody can cobble together the the same issue that that faced Peter McKay back um, 16 years ago when um, is who can marry that old reform stream of the Conservative Party and the old progressive Conservative Party. And it's not clear yet to me that Peter McKay speaks for both sides of that coalition. So I, I, I do take him at his word because we do take politicians at their word. But I, I do think there's a serious examination going on right now in conservative circles about the fragile state of that coalition, which was held in place by Stephen Harper, admirably for conservatives, for 10 years. But that Andrew Scheer has to worry about now is, is splitting into factions again. That's going to be the biggest challenge over the next four, five months for Andrew Scheer is how do you hold that all together? All right. And let's talk about uh, the big story in Canada yesterday, the departure of Don Cherry from Hockey Night in Canada, a topic that uh, politicians were weighing on, weighing in on yesterday. They were being asked before the announcement was made that he was leaving the show. Uh, they were being asked about the comments he had made on the weekend about immigrants and poppies. Um, and uh, obviously uh, the, the consensus among politicians was those comments were wrong, didn't reflect Canadian values. Uh, it, it's, it's hard not to view this in the context of the wider political discussion about some of these issues and the increasing polarization of politics in North America, isn't it? Exactly. And I haven't heard anybody mention Donald uh, Trump and Don Cherry. <laughs> People have been talking about both of those those characters in the same sentence ever since Saturday night, is that do we have our own Donald Trump here in the form of Don Cherry? I think fresh from an election where immigration and those kind of issues, thanks to Maxine Bernier and the People's Party, were a huge issue of of, uh, of contention. I think Canadians felt that with the dismal showing of the uh, of Maxine Bernier's People's Party, that these kind of views had been put in their proper box in Canada, and then Donald Cherry, Don Cherry, woke it all up again uh, and reminded Canadians that that Trump idea is still not that far away here in Canada, too. For a while on Twitter on Monday, uh, Don Cherry was right, was trending on Twitter. And that's, a you know, I, one of the more powerful things was Jagmeet Singh's um, tweet very early in response to this, showing a picture of his ancestors who had fought in the wars as well. Jagmeet Singh, again, stepping up like he did during the election debate on immigration issues. And I think it's his comments, if nothing else, have given Canadians a reason to talk about how far away is Donald Trump and his view from the Canadian political debate and how many people are buying into it. 
Great to have your thoughts on all of this, as always, Susan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacorte, Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. What Alberta needs is leverage. What we need to do is to move our fight for fairness to the top of the national agenda. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Kelly McParland argues, it took decades to push Alberta to this point, but it was inevitable. McParland writes, Albertans have long kept a wary eye on Ottawa and its grabby revenue fingers. What's different now is the fear that there's no boom on the horizon and the days of easy money gushing from the ground may have come to an end. Plenty of Albertans feel the province is under attack from environmentalists intent on destroying the foundations of its economy and that they have few friends in defending their corner. At the Globe and Mail, Robin Urbach argues, maybe we should cut Andrew Scheer a break. Urbach writes, Scheer has only had about a dozen opportunities to find a satisfactory line about his position on same-sex marriage. There is a very good case to be made that his views are nobody else's business. He's just an ordinary man who happened to choose a public life that potentially confers enormous responsibility over the lives of others. Why should Canadians feel entitled to know about the personal values of people who could wield power over our rights, our laws, and the way we live our lives? In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues Don Cherry's firing is a good day for hockey and for Canada. The Star writes, good on Sportsnet for acting quickly. The company will no doubt face a backlash from Cherry's fans, but the balance in the world of sports and the country as a whole has fundamentally shifted. Who can doubt that Sportsnet would have suffered a lot more in the long run by sticking with Cherry? We bet there are a lot more people appalled by Cherry's remarks, casting doubt on the patriotism of immigrants, than will be angry at the company for firing him. Now, here's what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. As we mentioned, the Prime Minister will meet in Ottawa with opposition leader Andrew Scheer, followed by a meeting with Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe. And Governor General Julie Payette will present honours to 41 recipients during a ceremony at Rideau Hall. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, November 12th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.